0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Dodgeball Podcast. For this episode, I wanted to take advantage of an opportunity to learn more about the NCDA, their players, the teams, um, understand the North just a little bit more, and just kind of get used to new names and faces, or I I guess voices in this case. Uh, And this came after my interview with Kevin Bailey from Dynasty during our recap of the Grand Rapids Open Dodgeball Tournament, um, because I just I realized that I didn't really know too much about the NCDA still. I know that uh, I interviewed Dylan Fettig with uh, Brett um, during our first season, but it's just so huge and so vast and so um, still developing that I just, I wanted to know more. So that being said, let's get right back to uh, the NCDA. Here we go. All Well, here with me now is Kevin Bailey and Felix Peroni. Guys, thank you so much for joining me. Um, let's just go ahead and get right into it. Why don't you go ahead and int- introduce yourself? Uh, Felix, why don't you go ahead and go first? Tell us who you are and uh, what team you play for, and then we'll go to Kevin.
1: Sure. So I'm Felix Peroni. I am the president of the National Collegiate Dodgeball Association and also the treasurer for USA Dodgeball. Um, for fun, though, I play on the elite team for the Columbus Gamecocks.
2: Gotcha. And I'm Kevin Bailey. Uh, I'm the chief of content for uh, the National Collegiate Dodgeball, Dodgeball Association. And uh, I play for Grand Rapids Dynasty um, in Elite.
0: Very cool. And Kevin, obviously, you know, we got to hang out and talk a little bit about the, um, the Grand Rapids Open Dodgeball Tournament uh, a couple of weeks back. And, um, and I, I can only really speak for myself, but you... You, you brought up a lot of things about like the NCDA and about the North that um, I really just wanted to go into tangents with, but I was trying really hard to stay super focused on just that event. So thank yep. you both for for being willing to to hop on and, and kind of give me like a a crash course slash rundown of the uh, the NCA. so we'll we'll go ahead and start there and um, for those of you that may not be familiar, uh, Brett and I kind of talked to Dylan uh, Fetig Fetting. yeah, one day I'll fedding. Uh, fedding. Uh, one day I'll get his name right. <laughs> but uh, he kind of gave us a, a real quick lowdown of, of the NCDA. And as I was listening to it, I don't really see any overlap in some of the questions I have because they're a little bit more thorough. Um, but first, we'll just go ahead, and if you can, guys, and we'll start with Felix, can um, I just elaborate a little bit more on the specific roles that you have with the NCDA and how you got involved.
1: Sure. So um, I, I've been playing dodgeball since 2004. Um, I, I joined initially like a competitive uh it was like a super competitive rec league within uh, in my county in kentucky and uh upon joining uh, or going to western kentucky university i joined their their dodgeball club and that was in 2008 and then i discovered that uh, there are a lot of other people that enjoy dodgeball it's not just me and my my friends and so um i actually changed my major in college from computer science to organizational communication to help focus on kind of moving dodgeball in a more legitimate way. Uh, it's been kind of my pet project since then, uh, starting with the NCDA just because I was so heavily involved with it. I just as a player and then I kind of took on in my first administrative role in 2010 uh, when I was the director of nationals and hosted the at that time, it was the largest national tournament for collegiate dodgeball to date. Um, but yeah, so so our organization spans from coast to coast now. Uh, we had our first West Coast schools play their first game this year. Uh, when I started out, there were only, I think, 13 teams. And we just inducted yesterday our 52nd team. Oh, so we're, we're growing pretty quickly. And uh, we're really happy with the expansion that we've made. So uh, we're in, we've got members from 31 different states, um, 40 different schools currently. Uh, We have 10 schools that are defunct now for various reasons, but we have 821 members. So um, we are getting larger every year and um, I'm hoping to break a thousand next year. We've made some pretty good strides as far as expansion goes.
0: That's awesome. So you, you change your major. To help with growing the ncda did I hear that correctly
1: yeah yeah so uh yeah i really wanted to focus on on legitimizing the ncda and, and getting dodgeball to that next level just because i just, i saw the potential there the foundation was laid by by a couple of guys up in chicago and in michigan uh, early on and um but they they just weren't taking the next steps as far as so, uh, I mean, we filed for the 501c3 status granted that um, we became a legitimate organization so we could seek out sponsorships. We now have uh, an official s- apparel sponsor with with Savage Ultimate, and then we also have uh, travel sponsors with Lucid Travel, and then we, we're partners with Save the Children, which is a global nonprofit organization aimed at uh, protecting children abroad. So,
0: um, Dang, so... I mean, I, there's just so much places to start. So, protecting the children. Um, can you, like, what do you mean by that? Uh, internationally, like, is that like um, human trafficking or combating abuse or just all kinds of?
1: Yeah. So, save the children. Children's their sense. their goal is to not only help children survive but to thrive. So, they invest a lot of uh, money into to feeding children abroad, uh, especially in third world countries. Also, treating them medically and getting them ba- the vaccinations that they need. Um, and then protecting them from, like you said, like the, the human trafficking and then the, the forced slave labor, and then, um, also investing in education as well. So they build schools and, and, uh, bring teachers to these remote areas to just kind of help give these kids a, a fighting chance.
0: Gotcha, man. So, I mean, the 501c3 status alone, that's, that's huge. That, that takes a lot of work and, I mean you're legit once you have that and I don't want to throw that word out there constantly but you know, traveling, uh, partnerships, apparel he has a really going the distance so to speak uh, before I get too far into that uh, Kevin do you want to go ahead and elaborate a little bit more on, on what you do specifically for the NCDA
2: sure um, and I'll kind of go at it the same way that Felix did uh, so I, I haven't been playing dodgeball as long as him he, he said 2004 I think Uh, that's crazy. Uh, But uh, I got into it in 2011. I actually found out about YouTube video that was like a highlight uh, video for college dodgeball. And I was like, wow, uh, that's amazing. And it just so happened that I went to a school that um, the next year, that was my senior year in in high school that I saw that video. And the very next year, I went to Grand Valley State University, which happened to have a dodgeball team. So uh, it all worked out perfectly. And I just became obsessed with dodgeball from there and, uh, started writing articles for the NCDA's website. Uh, I think my sophomore year of college. Um, and from there, I, I ended up getting, uh, the role of chief of content after my, uh, junior year of college. So, um, I've been doing that ever since. And basically what I do in my role is I create all of the, uh, uh, social media content for us um, and I direct the content team which has up to eight members um, and we're just producing articles, podcasts, uh, filming games uh, and everything in between for for the league just to make sure that you know, we have a, a really good presence online and um, people that might be interested in joining College Dodgeball when they look at uh, our website or our Twitter page or Instagram, whatever it is, uh, it looks like something that they might want to do because uh, of all the great content that, that we're putting out there. So yeah, it's, it's
0: vital. I mean, you want to, the last thing you want to do is have something dead, like a dead site or a dead page where, you know, yep. it's like, Oh, I'm okay. I live in Denver and I want to play in a Denver league and I'm going to look up Denver dodgeball and you see something there, but their last league season was like 2015. You're like, well, there goes that next to the, onto the next sport. Uh, so <laughs> definitely understand how exactly. important that is. Um, yep. So Felix, you said you've been playing since two thousand four. You can maybe you can appreciate this as much as I can, and it's kind of cool that um, Kevin. We kind of hinted on this when we last spoke too, where people like myself and Felix have been around for a while, and we've seen the progression and evolution of, of dodgeball. Um, me mostly on the outside of NCDA, but uh, it's kind of cool to like come in to something that's already kind of pre-built uh, mm-hmm. in the in, in the perspective of, of Kevin where, you know, it's it's just, it's, it's on, it's gained all the momentum, it's gained a lot of um, traction, and it's like, I don't want to say it's a well-oiled machine, uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's just something that's already developed versus starting from from scratch. Um, I think that's really cool. It's, it's kind of like how new players are, are seeing the sport now, where right. they, they come in yeah. at the height of elite dodgeball, you see, they see, you know, Vince on on ESPN, and they think, oh, it's always been like this, and that's obviously not the case <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Um, okay. So, so Felix, this question is more for you. You said you've been playing since 2004, huh? Yep. Yep. Oh, man. When, when did you start playing in 2004? Let's see who's older.
1: Uh, it was in December. It was right after Thanksgiving break. It was a, uh, a winter league dodgeball, uh, league. And so I had to make the decision whether I was going to play on my friend's uncle's dodgeball team, or I was going to, uh, go to youth group at church, so I decided dodgeball instead.
0: Clearly, <laughs> clearly made the right choice. <laughs> well, I got you beat, man. I've been playing consistently since 2004 of April. Um, oh, actually, nice. <laughs> uh, am I might even April. Yeah, because it was a couple months before the movie dropped. So uh, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, oh, wow. I, I win barely. <laughs> You guys um, are both old. Yeah. Yep. Well, yeah. I mean, like, like, gotcha sucker. I'm older than you. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> that kind of backfired, but uh, whatever. I'll, I'll roll with it. Um, yeah. Man, a whole, whole other, just all kinds of questions. Okay. So when did you, when did you get involved with the NCDA then?
1: Uh, in 2008. So mm-hmm. I started when I was a freshman in high school and our league that we played in was, it was two stingers and four of the eight and a half inch rubber balls. Okay. And uh, I mean those stingers. I'm so glad that I don't think anybody uses them anymore. They thank were just thank God. They were just brutal. It was an, it was really intense, uh, especially as a child. Um, I can honestly say I was a child playing against men, um, <laughs> but 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 it was it was a, it was a good time, and I, I stuck with it all four years of high school. And then in 2008, when I went to Western Kentucky University, uh, that's when I joined up with the NCDA and their club
0: team. Okay, gotcha. So did you participate in any of the uh, NDL World Championship and conventions that took place? Um, like- I, was, uh, I
1: bought my plane ticket in 2010 to go out there and then all of my friends backed out last minute so I lost mm. a good chunk of change on that. And then I did actually go in 2013. So I, w- I think I went the last year, it was a thing.
0: 2013 okay so we we might have crossed paths then uh yeah it was it was a thing but my god the, the kind of thing it was i can remember <laughs> uh pulling yeah. pulling teams uh, pulling brackets from no pulling seeds from a hat like that was yep once that happened i was like th- they're done i hope to god elite or something else comes through because this is this is it like this is it cannot get any worse than this and right it didn't <laughs> because it, it stopped Thank thank thankfully yeah um yeah stingers were uh speaking of ndl relics and whatnot um kevin have you had any experience with stingers before have you ever played with those at all
2: uh actually i haven't um yeah the first time that i really got into dodgeball was in college so i started i picked it up by playing uh you know with the 8.5 i played a couple times in high school just in gym class but uh the first time i really played dodgeball was in college so Eight point five, and then from there, I've played foam a couple times. Played the Sky Zone balls a couple times. Uh,
0: gotcha. So uh, let's let's go ahead and go back to the NCDA real quick. Um, and this is where I'm going to kind of lean on you a lot, Felix, uh, because I was out in the Southwest, and the to sum up my experience with the NCDA. Being out in the Southwest, I was really envious of everybody that got to go to college up in the North Michigan Great Lakes area because i mean dodgeball was just happening all over the place and i was so impressed by the uh video clips i was starting to see just the all the teams the fact that you can go to school and play for a team and represent your school it was so awesome but i was just so bummed because there was no representation in the southwest and so it was always something that was just there but never really um to the extent that i would have appreciated so Um, Mm -hmm. Can you kind of just real quick cover what states you're in or like you mentioned West Coast um, teams are are out there now. Um, So it sounds like you've expanded past the the north area. Can you kind of elaborate that a little bit more?
1: Sure. So um, our two West Coast schools, we have Gonzaga and Oregon State. Um, We have a couple more in the Pacific Northwest that that might be popping up soon. We're, We're we're hesitant to announce new teams until they are actually scheduled to play their first game just because we've been let down so often, but um, we are working in the, the Southwest as well, uh, trying to, trying to get some interest in there. But right now, uh, like I said, on the West coast, we have Gonzaga and Oregon state, uh, kind of in the Midwest. We've got, uh, university of Nebraska. We've got, um, Wisconsin, Platteville. Uh, we got a couple schools in, uh, in Chicago with, um, Northern Illinois University and DePaul University. Then we go as far east as uh, we have Penn State and University of Michigan or University of Maryland, Virginia Commonwealth, uh, Towson University. We just inducted our our furthest south team in uh, University of Central Florida.
0: Hmm.
1: We've got a team in Texas, N- University of North Texas. Uh, we've got a school town in Louisiana. Then we're everywhere in between. It's, it's growing pretty rapidly, but most of our, our players are from Ohio, Michigan, Virginia, Maryland, Illinois, Pennsylvania, and Georgia.
0: Gotcha. So for the, the teams yeah. like, the te- teams from the Northwest, like Oregon State, do they compete against other teams in other states? Like do they travel to um, Illinois or, or Maryland, or do they just stay within <laughs> the region? That's so a good so, question.
1: Yeah. So we're trying to get, uh, we're trying to bridge that gap um unfortunately right, right now that's not happening they just started this year with the ncda um i think their first game was back in october and november yep wow. so they're they're fairly new as far as the ncda goes i know oregon state uh, has had a team for a long time uh, or they've had a, a active club for a long time i think oh, yeah. going back to i want to say 2008 even but but this is the first time they've actually played by ncda rules against another school so we're hoping to bridge that gap and they were going to host a tournament in the spring and we were prepared to have a team from the east coast fly out there but it, it all just comes down to funding
0: gotcha it's so not to be like a that guy but mm-hmm. um i want to say oregon's been around since 2006 and i know this because oh really yeah, in the 2006 DWC, they uh, they showed up, and they're wearing OSU gear, um, and it looked like they represented the college. I, I didn't know that they kind of took it upon themselves to do so, but from the outsider's perspective, they looked like they were legit sent there from OSU, and so that's kind of what got me looking into colleges to begin with. So when I got home,
1: hmm.
0: I was like, there's got to be college dogs ball then, clearly, because it, it looks like it. So And that's how I found Alex, and that's how I learned about you guys, so kind of cool how huh. you... Uh, triggered that memory for, for me. Yeah. But, um, so hypothetically though, um, let's say a couple of good seasons pass by and you have like teams in, um, Corvallis teams in, um, Portland and oh, okay, we got some Seattle teams or what have you. Would they just stick within their, just their specific regions or would they still be looking to play against other States, other cities? Mm-hmm.
1: So, uh, uh, ultimately if, if we're able to, to have enough of a presence out west what i would love to do is move to a conference system right now we don't have that that gotcha. way for our national tournament we can kind of um we can send the best of the best from each of the conferences to our national tournament gotcha. um, I, I just think it, w- it would make a more exciting postseason tournament i love how what we're at now where everyone gets to play against everyone else you get exposure to playing against new teams but at the same time um, if we are getting to the point where our organization is 75 to a hundred schools, we're going to need to move towards something like that.
0: Yeah, that yeah. makes sense. Um, and, and this one, uh, maybe, maybe Kevin can answer, uh, just cause you have a more fresh perspective when, um, when you're looking at a new team coming in, is there any kind of like, um, objection to adapting new rules? Uh, Felix mentioned that osu just now started playing your style which we can also get into but is there any like resistance to that like are are there hurdles that you guys have when you're you're trying to pick up a new school or team
2: yeah um so that's sort of a case-by-case basis um but yeah that's a really good question because a lot of these new teams do come from uh whether it be a foam background or maybe they uh have just been playing in the ultimate dodgeball at sky zone so that's what they're used to but um, they all have to uh, sort of conform to what what we're used to, which is the full court um, 12 on 12 uh, with a big 8.5 inch uh, rubber dodge balls. Uh, so I, I don't think that it's really comes down to whether they like it or not, but whether they uh, can get used to it and adjust quick enough where uh, they can be successful right away. Um, but I know that every team that does join the league uh, and sticks with it, uh, it ends up being where you know the 8.5 pinch dodgeball is their most enjoyable type of dodgeball to them, uh, and that's what they like the most. So, I guess it, it just comes down to it's a case by case basis on in you know what those people grew up playing or what they're used to playing uh, before joining the league.
0: Gotcha. Um, and I guess if you just start yeah. brand new, you kind of uh, I don't want to say you don't know any better, but it's easier to to begin, kind of like how you're saying like you you didn't start with. Uh, Stinger versus foam. You just straight up started with pinch, and that was that kind of just became your style, right?
2: Yeah, and uh, that's kind of a good point because uh, one of the best things about uh, the NCDA, in my opinion, is just the way that uh, we're able to bring in so many new people to the sport of dodgeball every single year. And yes, the the first uh, type of dodgeball that they're going to be playing is going to be pinch eight point five. But all of these people uh, from after playing, you know, practicing three nights a week or whatever it might be and going to tournaments every other weekend uh, with their, you know, college classmates, uh, they start to love dodgeball. And then from there, they're willing to branch out to all the all different types of um, dodgeball, whether it be foam, whether it just be, you know, open division. Um, yeah, that's one of the things that with the NCDA, uh, all these new freshmen, that's the very first type of dodgeball they learn is... is pinch 8.5 but uh, we bring in new people every year and they become people that just love and are passionate about the sport of dodgeball so
0: Um, do you and this may be a question for for Felix but either one of you can can respond Um, on average um, you don't have to be super accurate but how many people would you say come into the NCDA their freshman year
2: um that's a Felix question, probably. Actually, I think he has the numbers on how many freshmen we have this year. But oh, nice. Yeah, totally so
1: safe. so so we have 221 freshmen this year, uh, which is about 27% of our organization right now. Um, it, the freshmen are, are generally the the largest group. Um, a- as you get further into your studies and, and further into your major, you kind of have less and less time for dodgeball, it seems, unless you're... Extremely passionate about it, um, but the freshman and sophomore those are those are our biggest classes. Um, it kind of dwindles down from there, but <laughs> I but I, but I definitely feel like the the freshmen take to it because all the freshmen are looking to join something, especially at the larger universities. Right. Uh, you have to become involved in something, otherwise you're going to get lost in the crowd. And so um, the dodgeball kids they take to it and they they kind of run with it.
0: And do you guys set up like? like booths during orientation days or do you have like a pretty solid recruiting scheme or does that vary per club?
2: Yeah, it it definitely varies by team, but every team, you know, they have their, uh, their tactics. So just about every school has that, you know, campus life night or whatever it might be at the start of the year where they set up a table. Uh, and that's one of their ways to get people to sign up, get, get people's emails. Um, and, and everyone has, you know other tactics whether they're putting out flyers or whatever it might be but from there uh they get all of these new new people uh from their school to you know come to like a freshman dodgeball night and uh i know that university of kentucky had hundreds and hundreds of people at it one year um and they did it at midnight um but it's different at every school but it's really exciting because you get that many new people that are freshmen in college. Uh, it's one of their first experiences in college and they're just playing dodgeball with, uh, the college dodgeball team that, at the school that they're at. So that's, it, it varies by team, but there's a lot of really cool ways that we try and recruit people to join, uh, join our clubs.
0: Man, that that's making me really, really jealous. I wish. Yeah. I mean, just picturing myself as a freshman in, in college, like, dodgeball club sure sign me the crap up and then just to see like (laughs) how well you can progress because like i guess at this point you know you can start your your dodgeball career as a freshman in college play really well for the two three four years that you're able to and then lo and behold uh there's udc there's elite there's um there's places to go i guess doesn't just have to end in college um on that note and again this may be Uh, another Felix question how many people would you say you lose per year so if you gained 200 or so players um, how many uh, do you lose
1: Uh, we typically lose uh, about the same amount actually we have a pretty pretty I think the the ratio we we did all this we've we've been taking membership stats for for the last three or four seasons and um, I think the retention rate is something like 75% um, but since we're we're gaining more schools every year in, into our organization, we're gaining more freshmen than we're losing seniors, which is great. But um, it all depends too. I mean, there are some schools that have seventh year seniors, um, and, and those guys just they can't seem to graduate. Uh, we, currently, we don't have any restrictions on. On how long you can be a student, our only restriction is that you must be in pursuit of a degree. So, so we don't want someone just taking uh, a swimming class just to <laughs> just to be able to, to play.
0: So I might uh, I might out him, but you don't want people pulling to Tim Wells where they're just taking a class just so they can play. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly what he did. So
1: yeah, Tim was an interesting case. I actually <laughs> had to look into him. But
0: <laughs> do we have to
2: vacate uh, all of Towson's wins last year? Right. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh oops. <laughs> oh man. So I guess I should the day come when there's there's a an N C D A chapter either at the U of A or ASU, I'll probably have to stay away and unless I can fake an ID or something. Um Yeah. Well cool. So it um and, and I don't want to be too presumptuous, but does it does it seem like the N C D A then might be the solution to recruiting and developing players so that they can feed into something like elite dodgeball and what USA Dodgeball is trying to to, to take care of. Uh, yeah, so, so
1: I really do believe that's that's kind of where we're going. Um, the, the NCAA pr- provides a unique environment in that we're, we're able to provide people with free dodgeball practice two to three nights a week, nine to ten months out of the year. Um, you can become heavily involved. You can dodgeball is such a high learning curve, uh, especially for the new people. You can you can hone your skills in a year. We typically see with our, with our players the the freshman jump. So between your freshman and sophomore year, that's where you usually see the biggest skill leap. And if a player was terrible their freshman year, I never dismiss them. I always wait till sophomore year, and that's when I make my true judgment on them. Um, so if you stick with it all four years, you can absolutely then recruit, uh, go on to play an elite or UDC or, or, or all the other organizations that we have.
0: And do you see that as, um, as, as part of like the overall goal with some people? So, um, do you see people looking at elite like, okay, that's where I'm, That's my next step after college or is
2: it just kind of, like, Oh yeah, so Absolutely. Said, Um, sorry to cut you off, but yeah, that's um, something that we're starting to see more and more over the last couple of years is it seems like all of these college dodgeball players that have become so passionate about the sport, they're realizing that, you know, their days as a college dodgeball player are almost up and, you know, they're getting to the end of their collegiate career. Where do they go from here uh, playing dodgeball? And, you know, we've been able to promote elite a lot uh, because that's something that, uh, both in the north and then on the east coast as well, is becoming uh, larger and larger. So uh, we definitely tell all all of our players that that's where they should go uh, once that their NCDA days are over. But yeah, I think that like Felix said, uh, the direction we're going with the NCDA, uh, it's, it's the best way to sort of recruit and develop talent uh, that will then go on to playing in, you know, the dodgeball at its highest level, which is elite, or, uh, you know, the ultimate dodgeball championship, anything like that.
0: that that's awesome. Um, you raised like an interesting thought and that's, um, there could be people that are looking at, uh, dynasty is like, I want to play on that team. So they may have their sights set on, you know, when heaven forbid Dylan or, or, or yourself, Kevin, like retire, um, they're looking at taking your spot maybe versus, um, some of the problems that the West coast teams may have. And that's, there's nobody that's going to take my spot. I have to like find somebody else from like another city. Maybe that's, you know, maybe just a couple years younger than I am or just available. It's not like there's like a farm that's, you know, producing yeah. these players that can one day take over, um, teams like doom and Titan and, and rise. Uh, that's, that's really awesome to think about being a possibility just across the country and not so much just like the North area. um, oh.
1: One thing that we've been doing with the with the Gamecocks, uh, we we play in a lot of like regional or local tournaments. Like we played at a, a church fundraiser tournament yesterday, um, and we didn't bring our entire roster. Um, we we brought in a few younger guys. So we brought in two sophomores from Ohio State University, and then one kid from the Columbus College of Art and Design. Um, they don't have an NCDA team, but but it's someone that that's interested in dodgeball and so we're we're showing them we're showing these younger kids that dodgeball does exist outside of the ncda and you can be involved it does it doesn't only have to be in these these little church tournaments it can also be at elite and so with those three those three guys that we brought on the younger kids we convinced them to sign up for elite and they're gonna be at round one in the north
0: nice that's really cool um I think, I think, Kevin, you might have mentioned that team or a team from Ohio that was brand new that came to the Grand Rapids tournament. Is that the same group of individuals? Um,
2: that's actually a, a different team than what Felix just mentioned, but yeah. Um, one of the teams that was at the GR Open was uh, Ohio Legacy and they sort of did uh, something similar to what Gamecocks were doing. Only a couple of the regular players on Legacy were in attendance, so they just grabbed a couple guys from you know various different schools um throughout the state of Ohio and they they brought a group of eight guys to uh to the tournament and i think six of them aren't on the regular team but now they kind of have the bug where you know they want to go to more elite tournaments so maybe we'll see a bunch of them at round 1 maybe they'll form a new team altogether uh who knows but just the fact that they took that first step and they brought new people in uh onto their team to see a different type of dodgeball that's that's the biggest thing gotcha now they got the itch Mm -hmm. yep
0: um felix you made you made a good point um that kind of wanted to backtrack on with the gamecocks you said that that was your fun team for elite did i hear that correctly
1: (laughs) we uh we have fun with it um okay we, we don't we take dodgeball seriously but at the same time we we love to have fun that's our biggest thing
0: gotcha so are you um I don't want to say because th- it doesn't like necessarily take away the competitive aspect, but do you look at elite as the, the place to compete or is it just, as you said, it, it's just for fun. You don't really place too much emphasis on placement and, and rings and titles and all that other good stuff. Uh,
1: most of our efforts are put into memes and making fun of dynasty. <laughs> <Uh-oh>.
0: <laughs> That's true. Nice. Okay.
1: But, but no, we, we definitely want to win. Um, we, we got third last year in pinch at nationals. Um, we're, we're getting a lot better. Um, we definitely have a lot of talent on our team. It's just a, 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 as far as like getting organized, because we're, we're chaotic, which is kind of, that's just our nature. We we want to place, we want to win, but we also want to have fun. Most of these, all these tournaments that we travel to and spend all this money to go to, this is me hanging out with my friends for a weekend and then we just happen to play dodgeball. And we're good at it. We just... Um, we don't, we're never going to yell at each other. That's the thing. We, we aim for no drama on our team because that's not what it's about. Once that all starts kicking in, it's not fun anymore.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. I was just making, well, I wasn't making sure. I just wanted to see like how you guys perceive elite because it, it just seems like, um, we all chalk up elite as that. That's the you know, that's the apex of competitive dodgeball right now. Like that, that's just what's there along with UDC. So I don't want to assume anything, but it just seems like that's becoming or has become the standard since, uh, well, whenever the NDL imploded to 2013, 2014.
2: So, yeah,
1: um, we we definitely take elite seriously. And and we we recognize it as the the pinnacle of, of dodgeball in the United States right now, as far as talent goes.
0: Gotcha. Yeah. And plus, like you said, I mean, you you can't be in college forever. So at some point you have to move somewhere else. So. Yep. Do you, uh, do you guys feel like you can speak towards, um, the North a little bit more? Um, actually Felix, where are you currently located?
1: I'm in Columbus, Ohio.
0: Okay. Um, and I'm, I'm really bad at this. I keep saying, I want to say like the Rust Belt. I want to say like the Great Lakes area. Um, what actually comprises the North Um,
1: the North goes as far East as Ohio, um, South, I think Illinois, Indiana and Ohio are as far South. And then it goes Michigan, Wisconsin, Minneapolis, Iowa. I think that's correct. Kevin.
2: Yeah, those are all the States. So, uh, I'm not sure. I I think that there's a team from Kentucky that's interested in joining and I don't know where they'll put them. I don't know if they'll throw them in the East Uh, Region for a leader if they put them in the north, but as of now, the furthest south team I think might be Columbus Gamecocks. Gotcha.
0: And what is uh, what is your involvement with Elite Dodgeball? Do you guys help set up tournaments, run them, or you just play in them and and bring teams to them?
1: Um, Yeah, pretty much we just play in them. I um, uh, I'm involved with Mark. with USA Dogfall, but I let Mark run elite cause that's his baby. And, and, uh, we we always offer our help, especially with recruiting and getting new teams in. Uh, Glenn is always eager to, he's always eager to ask like, Hey, do you have any NCBA teams that would like to join elite? And we always jump at the
2: opportunity.
0: Nice. Is that more or less the same with, uh, with you, Kevin and, uh, dynasty.
2: Yeah. Basically the same thing as what Felix said, but uh, yeah, I think that one of one of the major things for uh, both Felix and I uh, with our role in the NCDA is just trying as hard as we can to recruit those uh, those NCDA dodgeballers to come play in elite, especially if they're graduating and this is their last go-round with uh, college dodgeball. So the major thing for us when it comes to you know blending uh, the NCDA with elite is... Being able to get all of those people before they leave uh, competitive dodgeball uh, and get them to stick with it. So, gotcha.
1: Yeah, and it doesn't even have to be there when they graduate too, because uh, the elite season and the NCDA season um, they don't overlap very much. It's a great exactly way to stay involved over the summer for the for the NCDAers. Um, mm-hmm. You can play three major tournaments before the semester starts back up over your summer break, and it's just a great way to not only um, not let that rust build up in your arm, but just to get used to a different style of play. And since the throw lines are closer in Elite, uh, you get better at catching, um, you become more accurate in that. You have to constantly adjust your throw. So, um, Elite's a great training tool for the the current kids in the NCDA.
2: Yeah, I say that. Uh, I, I remember saying that to players on my team when I was still in college, but then I say that to anyone that asked me about Elite. It's just you play that during the off season. You're going to come back the next year for the NCDA, and you're going to be so much better uh, as a dodgeball player all around. Whether it be catching, dodging, uh, you know, footwork, whatever it is, uh, elite just makes you so much better of a dodgeball player for uh, just dodgeball as a whole. So if it's someone that is a freshman or sophomore in college, and and their main priority still is the NCDA, I still convince them you got to play elite because it's going to make you better for. The next ncda season you know so yeah it, it's something that isn't just for seniors that are graduating but for anyone that plays college dodgeball because the seasons do uh barely overlap
0: gotcha and i can kind of attest to that because anytime we would come back from an ndl tournament or um some kind of competitive i guess, I guess really ndl is the only one at the time we come back to tucson and we play um competitive or open gym and it just felt like we had superpowers for a couple of weeks because we just (laughs) were used to playing against a completely high caliber level player and the spaces and dimensions were smaller and it always felt like we were just against just supercharged and um that's so crazy that even though we look at elite as the apex of competitive dodgeball and the place where people that are graduated from college can move to they can still play for elite in college um it's like a almost like a lateral transition maybe like it's not like yeah. you know you don't see uh college football players playing in the nFL during their off season mm-hmm. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's kind of cool um yeah I, I can't even imagine like just imagine having people like catch them throwing at you and then going back to like a full half court of NCAA dimensional dodgeball that that ball's got to be coming so slowly and you can just like mm-hmm. all the time in the world to to adjust and, and figure out what you're gonna do. <laughs>
2: Yeah, that is a perfect way to kind of describe it, too. Um, man, so
0: what, um, I want to go back to how important it is to have the NCDA expand. But before I do that, a kind of a weird question. Do you guys have any rivals? So, like, when the NDL was forming, and Felix, you might be able to to comment on this a little bit more, you know, you had like the NDA, you had the IDBF, you had all kinds of other like competing factions that were trying to be like the, the head honcho of dodgeball. Does is there anything like that with, with you guys on the college scene, or does N C D A pretty much own all the real estate?
1: Yeah, so um, we own primarily all of the, the market for college dodgeball. I mean every college has their their intramural foam tournaments that they host during the winter. Um, but but there's really not to our knowledge, any other organized collegiate dodgeball. So we really haven't
0: run into many issues with it. Nice. And Kevin, were you going to comment on that also?
2: Yeah, basically the same thing as what Felix said, but, um, yeah, when it comes to all of the other dodgeball leagues out there, the great thing about it is, you know, we all complement each other in a way. Um, and like Felix was mentioning earlier with the NCDA, um, having the NCDA grow and expand out West is only going to help, uh, all the other dodgeball leagues that are out there because like a farm system to get people to join uh, all those other dodgeball leagues. So, um, yeah, yeah that's, um,
0: yes. Yeah, so I don't know if you guys knew this about it, but I, I ran Tucson dodgeball for quite a few years. And the, one of the things that's at the Uppermost of most league organizers' minds, and it's not like I'm the exception by any means, is just recruitment and growth. And so, you know, to to come from a time when you did have competing organizations like the NDL and NDA going against going at it against each other for a while, it, it was really frustrating to see that because that just stunted growth. It just like it it, it added to the problem that was just not needed. So. If I were to do it again, if I were running a league right now, I would be hitting up NCDA be like, how do I work with you guys to help me recruit players? Because they may not necessarily want to play my competitive or rec league now, but maybe down the road, or even if I ran an elite team, like I'm gonna need replacements at some point. Um, Do you have people reaching out to you? Do they know that they can reach out to you? Like, do you work with um, other than just, college students to set up these uh schools and, and teams and chapters or yeah
1: so so we, we we worked with mark in the past um from elite and we tried to set up a a texas college dodgeball championship we tried to set that up this year it ended up falling through i think um just priorities and then uh, we couldn't get a, a a good venue to host but we're working with people to to try to expand dodgeball in areas where dodgeball needs to be expanded so mark is from texas and he says he's got a lot of contacts down there a lot of people that are interested in helping and everything like that so we had the whole dallas dodgeball community eager and willing to help us out um and so we we kind of looked at it from the the point of view of the ncda will get get some interest as far as Recruiting new college students to start clubs at their team so they can compete in the NCDA. These guys or girls, they will they'll all uh, stay involved with dodgeball, thus uh, helping grow the the elite South region. And so, and they're using elite South players to help mold those players. We had uh, Kenny Cox in the, I think it was San Jose. They hosted a college dodgeball thing. Um, a few teams came out from some of the community colleges in that area. And Kenny said it was a great time in that he had, he had several people come up to him and just ask like, hey, how can, be, how can I be more involved with this? And so we are working with, with different people across the country as far as expanding because um, like you mentioned earlier, in the beginning, there were those organizations that were competing for membership. Now we're trying to work together to help grow the sport in and of itself. We we want to work together because we can help each other out. We, we're looking at this as more dodgeball is better dodgeball. So might as well just be involved in all of the organizations. You don't have to choose anymore.
0: Thank goodness. Um, you, you would think that that would be the stance and the attitude years back, but that just hasn't been the case. But
2: mm-hmm.
0: as I've said on, on many Podcast, or at least as an afterthought, better better late than never. Um, and even even now, it's uh, when I was talking to Nicole about like Team USA and how it feels like they're now just doing things the correct way. You know, you look at how long dodgeball's actually been around since two thousand four, two thousand three, and to see these movements be made now within you know like a 10-15 year lifespan, it's not bad. Um, especially, yeah. since, I guess it's since it's within our dodgeball lifetime, it's really cool.
1: Yeah, right.
0: It's <laughs> a good um, point yeah so it's again, I, I just and I'm probably going to sound like a broken record when it comes to how nice it is that everyone's getting along. Um, can you and I guess this is more for Felix maybe, but can you kind of elaborate on what you do with USA Dodgeball and how that's kind of helping with NCDA and everything that you've got going on?
1: Yeah, absolutely so so we thought we, we the executive board for the NCDA we started talking about this back in uh, November of 2016, I believe, just kind of throwing together the idea of of setting up a formal feeder system from the NCDA to Elite Dodgeball. And we came up with this long presentation we were going to give to to Mark and Glenn and Tim Wells um, at Elite Nationals about how the NCDA is is pretty much like setting the stage for the future of, of dodgeball, especially in the North and the East. And we're hoping to expand the other regions. And so we came up with a concept of USA dodgeball and all of this. So we set up a meeting with Mark, uh, Akum, Jake Mason and Glenn Spacer and, uh, pitched them this idea. And they said, Hey, uh, we've been kind of thinking about the same thing. And so that was really not only refreshing, but it was, it was, it was a huge relief too, because, we weren't the only ones thinking about it's time to unify Dodgeball in the United States. So uh, working with Mark, Jake, uh, Kate Karens from uh, Boston and then Alex Benepi, who represents the UDC in Sky Zone, um, the five of us worked together to start USA Dodgeball. Uh, we, we became incorporated in October of this year. We were granted 501c3 status uh, in the end of January of 2018. And, uh, we're moving forward. Um, our goal is to not only unify dodgeball in the United States, but to embrace diversity. And so that's diversity in play styles and, um, in everyone as a person, we just, we want to make sure that everyone feels welcome to play who wants to play. And I think that's just our overall goal.
0: And that is, that is awesome. Um, so you, 501 C3, that came up again. Um, yeah. so is this, is this different than in CDA's 501 C3? Like you're both nonprofits. Um, it's, we're the
1: same, uh, class of, of 501 C3. So we're both 501 C3s, 509 As, uh, which means that we are a, uh, a amateur sports organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, so it is the same, but our our goals are different. So you know, for the NCDA, our goal is to foster an environment for um, for competitive collegiate dodgeball in the United States, and for USA Dodgeball, it's just to bring everyone together under one umbrella to help promote and develop the sport of dodgeball in the United States.
0: Gotcha. So this this might sound like a really really weird question. <clears throat> do you? And this is for the NCDA and for USA Dodgeball. Do you guys have the opportunity to act as a fiscal sponsor for, say, my team that a, like, dick Sporting Goods wants to give us $300 to go represent, I don't know, Tempe for the Elite National Championship, but they want that tax write-off status. I can't give that to you because I'm not a corporation. I'm not a 501c3. Can I go to you guys and be like, hey, if you accept this check, can you give them that tax deduction? and give me that money that way uh dix is happy and then we get that money is that some it's a really weird question the only reason i'm asking that is because i i looked into that when i was running tucson dodgeball like that was one of the main reasons why i wanted to be a 501c3 except it didn't make sense for a small little dodgeball chapter in tucson to have this crazy tax exempt status and go through all those motions so Mm -hmm. kind of a weird question to ask but that was more of like a
1: no, that's come up actually a lot in the last few months, okay. uh, and I, I honestly had no idea that that was, that was a need um, that that some of our teams wanted filled, um, and so we are working towards something like that. Um, I know that uh, with with Elite, that was one of their original goals was to be able to provide that 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 EIN that teams can use to to get sponsorships for their teams. And I believe, um, you can actually work with Mark if any teams are are willing or have those needs. I believe that he can help you out with that for USA dodgeball. Um, that's not really in our scope. Um, and then for the NCDA, we've lucked out, um, with, with all of the, with all of our teams, they have to be registered student organizations at their university. So they're covered by their university. Um, with that, that's great in that they already have those tax identification numbers through their sport club department and everything like that, but it also prevents people from getting sponsorships. So a lot of universities have specific deals with, with certain vendors. So um, some schools can only use Nike apparel, other ones can use whoever they want. Um, some schools, they have to stay at certain hotels. It's just, it provides a lot of headaches, but also it provides a lot of relief within the NCDA.
0: Gotcha. I'm, I'm glad you knew what I was talking about because that, that's such an in the weeds question that I have just been, um, like, it's been in the back of my mind for a long time. So when I saw USA Dodgeball get announced, like, I was excited because I saw things like that finally happening for people because it's, yeah, sometimes it, it's it's really deflating when you have a sponsor that wants to hook you up with some money, but then if they're not getting the tax write-off, it's a, it's a no deal. And so I think right. um, if that's something that Mark can offer... And if he's listening, you really need to blast that and let people know, because <laughs> that just opens up a whole nother realm of being able to ask for something, but give something back in return. So,
1: Yeah, and, and we don't want to put all the burden on Mark either. If, if this becomes something where a lot of teams are really asking for this, I have absolutely no problem with setting up, a, I, I've, I've done this for two organizations already, I have no problem setting up another one that's kind of like a... I guess like a players association where oh, man. that's what this is for <laughs> is the purpose is um, to provide companies with that tax identification number so that they can be happy and our players can be happy. If that need is there, we will absolutely work to get that in the works.
0: See, now we're nerding out. I I've always wanted a players association for reasons just like that. Like, yeah. Um, insurance for the players. so They, they are not destroying their fingers and not going to have like, crazy arthritis're <laughs> growing you know when they're when they're older um, mm-hmm. and then also uh, that kind of sponsorship so it sounds like it's it's on its way um, and I I probably don't sound about I can be more excited for it it's it's really great to to have that stuff finally show up and like I said earlier it's better late than never um, and I, I can I mean I could probably talk what ifs and and what's down mm-hmm. the horizon but I, I would kind of like for you guys to do that um, it, it sounds like with everything that's going on 2018 is looking really positive. Is there anything else that's kind of like in the works that you guys, um, either of you are able to speak towards um, that we haven't covered yet?
2: Um, Well, first of all, I just want to give a shout out to uh, Jacob Lesky, who's our director of league expansion, because the most exciting thing with NCDA right now is just how quickly we've been able to expand over like the last two or three years. Uh, and just all of these new teams that are joining the league. So mm. that's one thing that we can speak of. We can't mention every single team that might be joining because like Felix said, sometimes we get let down and they don't follow through all the way. But that's one of the most exciting things for me right now is just how many new teams are coming in and joining the NCDA uh, over the last few years. Gotcha.
1: Yeah, and uh, from a USA Dodgeball perspective, um, I'm sure you've seen on on Facebook and on on all the other social medias that I'm not super familiar with Um, the USA dodgeball membership drive. That's something that we're trying to promote with with that. It's not just, we we would like money to give out the t-shirts or the coolers or the lawn chairs or whatever other types of swag that we're we're offering. It's also, we're, we want to invest in our players. So um, like you mentioned earlier, you want sponsorships, you want, insurance for players and things like that, um, with the funds that, that we're getting from this membership drive, those are absolutely goals that, that we want to, that we want to, uh, achieve. And so when we have the funds to actually do things, it's great to be able to say, yeah, we want to do this. And we want to do that. But at the end of the day, a lot of people need to be paid to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can say with a hundred percent certainty, since I am the treasurer of USA dodgeball, no money is going to um, any of the the executive board for USA Dodgeball. We're all volunteers. We're doing this because of the, the love of the game and everything like that. Every single dollar that's been donated ha- is going back to the sport in developing. Um, one thing that Kate Karens wants to do is she wants to start up youth leagues in some of the major cities. And so if we can get kids started in on dodgeball at an earlier age, it's going to help just with the growth of dodgeball even more. And so she really wants to focus on, I believe like the middle school and high school um, age groups. And that's going to be huge for, for not only for USA dodgeball, but for the future of dodgeball.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, it's so two, two things. There, there's definitely needs to be the type of people that are willing to step up and and get those things that we all want. Like, you know, we want a, <clears throat> We want a national organization to host tournaments. Well, it took some people stepping up to actually make that happen. We want a better organization because the NDL is not fulfilling that need. It took people to do that. Um, same thing with um, in, uh, 501c3 status and whatnot. The other part is we need people to look towards the future. So um, I think Kate's on a like the right track for, for, for darn sure for what it's worth. I mean, it's one thing to have college students feeding into elite to keep the sport going completely different thing if we get youths that are like super excited to play about dodgeball, um, coming into middle school and high school. Cause that, it just, it just perpetuates the machine. It just, it just keeps it going. Yeah. And that's, um, yeah, that's exciting to hear that people are thinking about that and, and making, making steps towards making that happen. Um, I did want to ask, uh, if there are any events that are coming up, um, aside from elite uh, events because I'm, I'm very elite west coast centric right mm-hmm. is there anything because a good example is the the Grand Rapids tournament I had no idea that, that was even happening until I saw Andrew Ketchum was flying somewhere and in my experience <laughs> the kids only flying somewhere if there's dodgeball so lo and behold boom there's an event holy crap I want to cover this uh, let's, let's talk and that's how me and Kevin met and started talking about it is there anything else that's coming along that, uh, aside from Elite, that that we should be wary of or excited for?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, the NCDA has our national tournament coming up in April, and uh, this will be the biggest one we've had yet. We're expecting anywhere between 24 and 28 teams to show up. So um, that might be something cool to, to talk about. And then I'm trying to look on the USA Dodgeball page. I believe we already announced it, but there's a large tournament tournament I just need to make sure that we've already publicly announced it before I (laughs) give it away, mess up
0: something.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So, um, yeah, we can talk about the NCDA nationals and then I will try to find this event and see if we
2: can announce it. What city is it in? Let's see. Or can you not give us that hint?
1: No, no, I'm not going to give a hint yet because, again, I don't want Jake to yell at me, so.
2: (laughs) Yeah, we don't want that. Is it the Minneapolis one? No. All right. I didn't think so because that's been announced for a while. Yeah,
1: and I think this one got announced too or teased. I don't know. (laughs) I'm looking. But, uh, yeah, we can go ahead and talk about the NCDA Nationals and then um,
2: I don't think. While we're on the USA dodgeball thing, you could – if you find that tournament, you can probably start with that one. But yeah, probably doesn't matter.
0: Okay. Um. So with uh, with NCDA um, nationals again, that's that's any team that's part of the NCDA. Is it like an open invite, or do you have yeah. to earn a seat? Yeah. Um, so it?
2: actually, this year we uh, added a new rule. So you have to play three games throughout that season um, to be eligible to go to nationals. But prior to that. Uh, rule put, being put in place it was every single team that was in the league was allowed to go to nationals pretty much
0: what, now would every team do that or would travel issues and, and money kind of get in the way no.
2: yeah, like, we
1: had like a 90% attention um, attendance rate over the last few years
2: we've had what? like 90% I'd say That's maybe, maybe not high. Well, see, last year we had 22 teams show up, but the league was 30-some teams, right? Yeah, that's true. So, I it's Maybe not – 75. I, I guess of the teams that played at least three games, we probably had 90% of those teams show up. But yeah. there's always the team that is just starting out and only went to one tournament and they played two games. Or, right you know a team that just like north texas they're so far away from everyone maybe they only get one or two games in in a year yeah. so it depends gotcha. on so many factors how committed the captain is and all of that like nebraska is out in the middle of nowhere compared to everyone else and they still they've played in so many different tournaments this year just because they're so committed they're willing to pay for whatever it costs to go to chicago three times a year yeah. and just playing tournaments so gotcha yeah, I think we'll have. What would you say, Felix? Like twenty-five teams this year at nationals. Yeah, at least. Which is it's so hard when you have instead of having like the volleyball-sized court, in um, games last like ten, fifteen minutes. These are fifty-minute games on a full dodgeball or on a full basketball court. So it's quite the burden when you have that many teams showing up, and that's how how long games are and how much space one game takes up.
0: I'm glad you answered yeah. that, because that, that was one of those things I was going to ask, where, you know, the, the format is, is obviously different. Um, it, so it doesn't change for Nationals, and it's, it's the same thing?
2: Uh, the play... You mean, like, the play style?
0: Yeah, the play style, uh,
2: time limit. Um. Yeah, so actually, we have one rule in place where if there's, like... Um, if there's like restrictions on how long we have the gym, you can uh, shorten the each half from 25 minutes to 20 minutes. And we usually do that on the first day of nationals, which is just pool play uh, pretty much. So uh, there's no elimination games on, on the first day of nationals. It's just, everyone's going to get three games uh, on that day, but we'll, we'll cut it down to 20 minute halves just to make things go a little bit quicker. But Everything else is the exact same. Man, it's a long day. Yeah. yeah. It's a very long It's day. a lot on the arms when you consider each game is 50 minutes straight, and they're playing three games on Saturday, and then Sunday you could play up to five games now. So like the teams that make it all the way to the championship, they'll be on game eight on the weekend so of think- uh, 50 minutes of dodgeball where you're pinch throwing the ball as hard as you can every time so
0: yeah so not to take away from people that make it to the final rounds with elite but these people have been getting after it for the entire day like they they're fighting for for life at that point that's that's insane that's a lot of dodgeball
2: yeah i'd say probably the most exhausted i've been was at ncda nationals uh one of my last years just because of how much you're throwing every, and it's pinch throwing both days. So it just takes a toll different than, you know, not to take away from elite cause that is such a toll on the arm too, but throwing open is so much different from throwing pinch where by the end of day two, when you're, you've played all day, both days, your grip strength is just toast and you just can't do it anymore. <laughs> and, I, and I can
1: honestly say with uh, playing both styles, um, after after a day of ncda play i was more mentally exhausted than i was for elite because of like all the strategy that goes involved that's involved with it and then you have at that point when i was playing it was 15 on 15 with 10 balls and so you're just mentally exhausted from playing so so many ah. dodgeball when you're focused on so many things with elite i feel like i can go out there just throw as hard as i can and then i'm done for a second with the ncda i was just mentally exhausted the entire time
2: your voice gets killed by the end of the first day too and all of that from all the yelling you're yelling at a bunch of freshman dodgeball players that don't know exactly what they're supposed to do (laughs) yeah so uh stressful but worth it
0: let's get into that real quick so can you guys briefly like kind of run me through the actual setup um So it's a full-size basketball court, right? That's the court dimension, court size? Yep. All right. So is there a center line, a neutral zone, how many balls, uh, any rule variations other than – I still can't let go of this one, Kevin, where you can have, like, one foot out of bounds and still be (laughs) considered in. Yeah, the
2: the soft boundaries.
0: Yeah. So why don't you go ahead and and, and run me down just, like, a real quick setup of of how a game uh, goes. Sure.
2: Um Felix, I'm probably going to forget some things, but yeah, so it's the full, the full basketball court is what we play on. And there is, uh, I mean, there's no center line per se. We have two, um, new, we have a neutral zone. So we have two attack lines is what we call them. And that's basically the throw line. So it's at 30 feet, 30 feet from the baseline on both sides. Um, so on a full basketball court, you've got uh, a pretty big neutral zone. Um, and that plays a huge impact on, on the way that people play because the neutral zones like 50 feet long or whatever it might be. But yeah, we have this, we have the soft boundaries where you can have one toe in bounds and you're still in. Um, yeah. Felix, what I forget. Do we cover how many? Yeah, so it's uh,
1: 12 versus 12. Yeah. 12, balls. 12,
2: 12 used to be 15 so, versus 15 until, uh, this year. Right.
1: Yeah, I've been proposing moving to a 12v12 system for, I think, at that point, like five years. Um, and finally, this year it passed. Um, one thing that's unique about the NCDA compared to other dodgeball organizations, we let our, our members vote on, on our rule changes. So each team gets one vote and um, you, you basically determine what the future of the game will look like. So, so we posed a vote and everyone, not everyone, but the majority agreed to move to a 12v12 system. So, uh, as far as rule variations from other organizations, uh, we do have the clean blocking rule, but it's only for the person holding the ball. So if I'm, if Kevin and I are on a team together, a ball is thrown at me, I block a ball into myself and then it hits the ground. Then I'm out, which is pretty standard. But if I block a ball into Kevin, who's my teammate, he's fine so the the blocking is only you can you're the only person that can be out from a, a deflection block yeah
2: and that was a rule that we recently changed to where two years ago if you blocked the ball into your own foot you were allowed to stay in as long as it hit the it made contact with the ball you were holding first and not your foot and that was just so annoying and it was inconsistent with every other form of dodgeball, so we needed to make that switch. Thank God. Um, and that was like
0: dirty blocking, right? Yeah. Dirty blocking, yep. Yeah. I, and then I, we're
2: also we're really trying to change. Well, I personally have proposed the rule a couple times, but trying to get that throw line from 30 feet down to at least 27 feet, maybe even closer. But the throw line's so far away compared to Elite. Um, I think it slows down the style of play a little bit, so... If we moved it up to 27 feet, uh, I think that games would be a little bit more fast-paced, a little bit more enjoyable to watch for uh, spectators. So, we're trying to fix that as well. well and then Felix, you, you can go ahead and talk about the uh, how we have a shot clock instead of burden ball, which, right. yeah, that's something that is also unique to the NCDA. But I I think I like the uh, shot clock type of dodgeball more. Uh, when it's like a 12 on 12 situation, uh, compared to like burden ball where you're just throwing one ball back and forth the whole time.
1: Yeah. So with the shot clock, uh, each team has to make a throw every 15 seconds and it can't just be just a throw uh, up against like the highest part of the wall. Uh, it has to be within a, what we call the legitimate attempt zone. So it's within a, a step and a lunge of a player. So uh, a ball that can be made a play on. Um, and we have two referees. We have a head referee and assistant referee. And then we also have two shot clock counters. And, uh, those, those people maintain a a 15 second count for each team. Each team has to make one throw every 15 seconds until you get down to five players. Once you have five or less players, then you move down to a 10 second clock. And this helps kind of speed up the game and, and help, uh, finish things out in a, in a faster pace. Um, I think the year before I joined the NCDA, there was no shot clock and a lot of teams would just hold onto the balls and stall out. Um, especially if they were <sighs> ahead of the team that they shouldn't be beating. Oh, so frustrating. it, it was kind of, it was a good implementation. We've thrown around the idea of adopting the burden ball, uh, just because it seems like that's what a lot of the other organizations use, but it's just so tough on such a large court and with so many balls that we have, because if you were to get down to two players, the, the whole strategy would just be, if you're the other team, throw all your balls at the two players, and then they somehow have to get rid of uh, six balls. Yeah. yeah, it's, it's not going to... It would just be really messy, and uh, I, we just don't think it would work out very well.
0: So you see that happen in uh, Elite a lot, uh, especially towards, like, the... Uh, once we get a bracket play, so, like, you'll have the, the burden ball, and then it gets to the point where that person if they're just gassed or if they they know that that person's really good catcher, they'll just roll the ball over yep. and you'll see these like just pathetic, like half attempts at a throw. Um, I think it's really cool that you kind of enforce like within a lunge, catchable distance of throwing where at least you can make a play off of it because right. yeah, it it's, it's so I, I totally get why you do it. And I, and I wouldn't, I, I can't say like, I wouldn't do the same if I'm in that person's shoes, but like, it's so frustrating to watch that. he's just like, come on, play dodgeball guys. Like stop (laughs) this nonsense. And, um, yeah, I I think that's a really cool, um, thing to implement. Um, but, and and that's just elite with the, with the small dimension. So I I can't imagine like you have half a basketball court to, to try to launch a ball into. Um,
2: yeah, it definitely, it works in elite the way that it is with the burden ball. It works perfectly, but trying to do that with, a 12 on 12 on a full full basketball court it, it's just so different of a style of play that it wouldn't wouldn't match up for that yeah it changes it up a lot i'm sure did we cover yep. how many balls
0: were were in a game there's 10 10 okay so yeah. 12 players 10 balls so there's it, it's not like like maybe two or three people are dictating the pace because like an elite you know yeah it's 6v6 six six, but usually you have one person that's teeing off, and yeah. that will kind of go back and forth for a little bit until the other team gets dwindled down a little bit. With uh, with your setup, is there a lot more? Uh, I don't say engagement, but is there a lot more like aggression? A lot more people throwing at the same time?
2: More? Yeah, I'd say more team throws happen, but also like you kind of mentioned, one person can't dictate the pace of the game. One person can't take over a game as much. It's kind of the beauty of college dodgeball is teamwork if you don't have good teamwork and you don't have depth on your team, you have no shot at winning really. Cause it's all about working together too. Yeah. And that's where you can lose your voice within a day. Yeah. Yelling, yeah. it. yelling at 11 other people on the court. Yeah, exactly.
1: I know, I know when um, I was a, I was at Western Kentucky university for six years, four years in undergrad and two years in grad school. And uh, my last year, our team wasn't that great. We lost a lot of people the year before Um, but we implemented a lot of plays and we had a lot of strategy and we had, I think like the biggest upset of that, that tournament at at the national nationals event, um, our team, which was ranked closest to the bottom, uh, we beat out, uh, the Ohio state University's club, uh, who was hosting the tournament. So they had all their players. They were, they had all, they all had beds to sleep in. Meanwhile, my team was stuck, um, eight people to a hotel room and uh, <laughs> oh, well, people sleeping in the bathtubs but we were able to implement a lot of strategy and uh, plays and things like that and if you can outsmart your opponent you definitely have an edge it's not just about
0: firepower right yeah i mean that that's the more uh, the more competitive you get the more you actually have to have some kind of um i don't want to say wits about you but strategy definitely is becoming more and more of a thing versus just raw power and throwing as hard as you can um and you you have those people um that are are just explosive cannons and they can probably take out entire teams by themselves but if they mess up then it's on the rest of the team to kind of mop up that person's mess and you have to start thinking strategy and thinking how you're gonna outsmart the other team and and get them to force up easy catches and and whatnot so Mm -hmm. uh, just trying to imagine that times you know times 12 um Man, it just makes me really wish I could have played NCDA that much more. <laughs> it sounds like a, a blast, and I think um, I think there will be a day when you know University of Arizona here in, in Tucson and ASU and in Tempe will will start to see that happening, and we'll start to see people coming into Elite from NCDA. Um, I think Paige is a is a pretty good example of somebody who came in to Elite from NCDA and followed that yeah. path. Um, and is just a, a monster. Like she's amazing now. So, really yep. hope to see more of that come along. Um, I don't think I've got any other questions. Um, I definitely know I could be talking dodgeball for like another hour or two easily. <laughs> um, especially with uh, with both of you guys, um, it's just really awesome being able to get a better feel for what the NCDA is about and understand more of the region. Um, I'm definitely, and I keep saying this, I'm, I'm West Coast, 8.5 elite biased, mm-hmm. but uh, the fact that somebody else has been around since 2004 is pretty awesome. Oh, <laughs> yeah. there's, a, there's a few of us old guys still playing, but... Still going after it, mm-hmm. yep. Um, before we close, was there anything that either of you guys wanted to cover or announce or mention before we sign off?
1: Um, USA dodgeball on February 12th made a kind of ambiguous post on their Facebook page. It says it reached about 8,300 people. So you might've seen it, but, um, the hashtags are WDBF, uh, world dodgeball world championships. And it looks like the picture is, is, um, uh, looking over Los Angeles. So take from that what you will, but, um, look for that at the, near the, the end of third quarter of 2018.
0: Hmm. Okay, so well, with, with the nationals. This isn't the World Championship you're alluding to, right? Something else. Is it?
1: It the 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 hashtag is dodgeball world Ch- championships w d b f
0: Okay, I think I might know that one already. I think that might actually be out there, but I'll yeah. just I'll just leave it at that. And when we sign off, we'll, I'll take it for what it is and see if anybody else catches on or if it's already out there. Uh, how about you, Kevin? Anything else that you wanted to throw in? Um,
2: Uh, No, just thanks again for having us on. And of course, anyone who's listening, if you're interested in making a team at your school or if you know someone that might be interested and they're in college still, uh, send them our way. uh, Check out our website, ncdadodgeball.com. Or get them in contact with either Felix or myself and we'll go from there because as Felix said, more dodgeball is better dodgeball. That's what we're all about. So we can get more people to join the league that's perfect yeah at the end of the day if
0: people are playing dodgeball um we all win so i hear you on that one for sure cool well we'll go ahead and uh, end the interview there so that was fun uh i wasn't sure if i'd be able to actually pull off having multiple guests so kevin felix thank you both so much for letting me use you guys as guinea pigs but also more importantly thank you so much for being willing to hop on and uh help me shed more light on the ncda and getting to understand a little bit more of what you guys are about and what you do. It's it's very exciting to see that there is a, a future dodgeball where people will be coming in through their college age and continuing to play post-college with the elites, with UDC, and just seeing the potential for growth. It's, um, it's very encouraging. It's, it's very awesome to see uh, throughout the years develop and, and become what it is today and, and to see where it's kind of going in the future. Um, as mentioned in uh, previous episodes, you know, my aim is not to stay west Coast heavy. Um, I really do want to venture out there, engage uh, new faces, new regions, territories, what have you, and just get a really good idea of what's going on in the dodgeball world. I feel like um, this new format might be a great way to do so. So I'm really curious to see or hear your thoughts on what it was like listening to two guests because, This could very well be how we do recaps for major events uh, to include the whole slew of elite dodgeball tournaments that are coming up in the next couple months. So very exciting, 2018 is just looking awesome for dodgeball. It's a great time to be a player, great time to get involved in the game. And if you love dodgeball as much as I do, it's an exciting time to even talk about it. So on that note, feel free to send your comments, questions, concerns, feedback, suggestions, all of the above my way. Have a great Friday afternoon, evening, whenever this is released. Have a great weekend, and we'll catch you next time.
1: That
0: was good. I got the um, the warm fuzzies on that one.